whoever is listening, guys, welcome back. My name is Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plan podcast, episode 86. Today, guys, we're going to cover a couple of things. This is really more of a freedom type podcast because usually in a certain set of time, you've got the fall where you have football and stuff like that. The playoffs, the Super Bowl, it is that that you need to cover because in a week's time, there will be new stuff and you'll miss out. And so you're like, oh, I really got to cover this game. Ooh, I got to really cover that game. So you really have the freedom, or at least I do, to kind of express certain things. So in that 10-day period, I did have a thing worked up for a potential podcast, and it was about the Saints and the Eagles. So if you're interested in that, I know I have a couple Saints fans watching, and I have an Eagles fan. Marcus, if you're listening, shout out to you with the Philadelphia Eagles. You continue to remind me they beat the Pats at the Super Bowl, so thanks for that. But... I get, it's kind of nice to be able to talk about what I want to talk about, some certain teams that I want to focus on, and then we'll talk a little bit. We're going to start with the playoffs, NBA playoffs for a little bit because that is the current thing. We won't spend too much time on it because, well, if you've been paying attention, and I'm going to show you guys right now, this is my, uh, my Tatum shirt or shirt jersey kind of, and uh, it did not go as planned last night, and we're going to talk about that. And I was kind of right in a way when we talked about it after the Celtics beat the brakes off the Heat in game two is that I was like, guys, the Miami Heat are going to figure this out. They are a they're a number one seed for a reason, and they came out angry. They came off PO'd. It was not a good look for Boston. They had a lot of injuries. Robert Williams didn't play, and we'll just dive into that. I thought Miami's energy was 10 times what – it's really what Boston should have matched or should have had. You had game three. You had home court advantage. The finals is in your hands. And Miami came out and they showed everybody why they're the number one seed, even without a second half Jimmy Butler. And I've been doing some research. I don't think his knee injury is as serious. So I think he'll play game four, which is great news for Miami. But for Boston, it's not good. It's not good luck. So you really have to kind of figure out what works and what doesn't. The physicality, Boston and the Eastern Conference specifically, are playing in such physical series. These are dogfights. It is so much fun to watch, especially when they're really good games like last night where Boston kept inching back and forth. You had Marcus Smart and Jason Tatum on two separate instances look like they had playoff-ending injuries and then come back in to the stadium, and the crowd's like, oh, my gosh, holy cow, I can't believe this. And they inched their way forward, inched their way forward. But Boston had too many turnovers last night. They always have these games where they shoot poorly and they take care of the ball in the worst way possible. There's too many turnovers. There's too many, it, it feels almost lazy type plays where they just kind of, Figure they'll be in that spot, and there's a Heat defender right there to kind of pick up the pace. The Heat shot out of their minds to start out the game, and at a certain point, it almost became too much. I think Boston will be fine. Game four, they'll rebound. I do think it's going to be 2-2 going to Miami, and that game five, like the Milwaukee series, could decide that potential series because you go back to Boston up 3-2. You could have Miami have all the momentum going back to TD Garden. It didn't work in the way I thought it did because Milwaukee won game five. In Boston ended up winning six and seven. Granted, Boston had home court for seven, so it was a more impactful game six win for them. So we'll see how that would work out. But I do think that this Heat-Boston series is going to go in at least six, and I still think Boston can take care of it if they're healthy. That's a huge part of this. I don't know if Tatum's healthy. I know that he had a pretty serious injury with his shoulder. Marcus Smart has an ankle injury. He's been battling this entire playoff series. Robert Williams' knee is a huge question mark. I don't know. It just feels like right now Miami's got the upper hand. They've got home court. 
it's going to be a battle. And I'm actually really excited for game four to see how that plays out. Even as a Celtics fan who should be worried right now out of my mind, because the series, the season will be over if they lose game four, but it's just kind of how it is. (laughs) And for Golden State, I do think this series is a sweep. I think the series is over. I think the Mavericks had their chance and shout out to my guy who works for ClemsonSports.com, Matt Connolly. If you're listening to this, you're a mad, diehard Mavs fan and you have reached a really special spot in the Eastern, in the Western Conference Finals. The Mavs need to get Luka some help. It was very evident that when he dropped 40 and you're still blowing leads to Golden State, that's not ideal. Golden State still, like I said, is playing a different type of basketball. They're able to kind of do certain different things. Curry's still Curry. Thompson's still Thompson. But Draymond Green was contributing. You had Jordan Poole contribute. He had Otto Porter contribute. Golden State's doing it in different ways, and I can really, really appreciate that. And it's really fun to watch. They are a team that this series, more or less than Miami and Boston, you're sucked to the screen because of the stars and the electricity that it brings. Luka is so much fun to watch. Steph Curry glued to the screen and then you have clay thompson obviously new players like jordan Poole, and then draymond green always brings the personality and the energy so it's very fun to watch very very entertaining stuff so this is going to be my first nfl talk in a long time it's going to be very interesting to see how that plays out so the saints and the eagles i man usually when you're kind of sitting in bed and this was me for 10 days i had a lot to think about and the two teams that really have impressed me since the nfl draft have been Besides the AFC West teams that are going to obviously claim a ton of momentum, a ton of headlines, and I do have a video planned for that, so do not worry. I do have stuff planned for that. I'm very excited to do an episode on the AFC West. So I'm going to talk about the Saints and the Eagles as the big portion of the show. And I want to talk about these teams specifically because both of them did something last season that really impressed me. And I'm going to start with the Saints, and then we're going to talk about the Eagles to wrap up the show. So what the Saints did their first season without Drew Brees in a long time. They had Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston, from his entire career for me, has always felt like a loose cannon. You could get a three-touchdown, no-pick performance, or you could get a zero-touchdown, three-pick performance. It was a 50-50. You could, it, it's almost like the NBA draft lottery. You could reach in and have the number one pick, or you could be picking last. It is exactly what Winston was. And I think what Sean Payton did and what Jameis Winston did is they decided to kind of calm his play style down and this team really appreciated this not appreciated it but this team really benefited from his play they were five and two and they were just absolutely going after tampa bay and we'll talk about the saint success against tampa bay and why that's important because they're five and two and Jameis winston goes down with an acl injury and the saints are having to play a quarterback carousel for the rest of the season and they're relatively competitive something that sean payton can always do is make anything work he was a fantastic coach hall of fame coach He is retired. I have a small theory that he could potentially head over to Dallas if that opportunity presents itself. He used to work there under Parcells. I would love to see that. But I think Winston was having a career career year in a way where he was had stability. And in Tampa Bay, it never seemed to kind of meticulate. It never seemed to be able to come together for him. And being on a team with stability with Sean Payton, you had Michael Thomas, who was always a threat to come back. You have Alvin Kamara, who was great check down guy who could get make a five-yard play a 15-yard play and stuff like that so new orleans has people they have guys and they had to really find the right guy for their coach and i'm not necessarily a big fan of dennis allen but what they've done this offseason they've been able to get guys like jarvis landry the honey badger they've been able to draft get chris olave one of the best receivers we've seen come out of the draft 
stuff like that shows not only they're invested in Jameis Winston, but they're invested in this future and they're invested in this sort of situation that they've got because they have a really unique opportunity in the NFC South. I think this is a team that's going to win this division. A couple reasons why. I think Jameis Winston's going to pick up off this momentum starting immediately. He's going to be familiar with the system, familiar with his environment. He's going to have Michael Thomas. He's going to have Chris Olave, who's going to be a fantastic rookie wide receiver. I think he's going to lead all rookies in receiving yards. I think they're going to have Honey Badger, who's going to be able to solidify that defense. What he did for Kansas City, not a lot of people talk about it. It's not the plays, the interceptions, but that leadership, that stability, kind of like a linebacker almost as a safety, directing everybody where they need to be a huge part of Kansas City's defense that not a lot of people are going to talk about. And we will discuss what Honey Badger's departure from Kansas City means in our AFC West breakdown. I have a really fun video planned for you guys over Memorial Weekend. I'm going to break it up into four separate YouTube videos so you guys can get a specific breakdown for each team in a condensed way. And I'm really excited about that. I think his impact also helps out Dennis Allen, kind of a you work off of me, I'll work off of you, you benefit me, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours type thing. Dennis Allen can make play calls, and Tyron Matthew, with his experience and his leadership, he's going to be able to say, hey, maybe not that, or hey, I really like that, let's keep going with it. They're going to be able to kind of coexist, work off each other. I really like what this roster has. Cam Jordan's going to be fantastic as usual. Trey Hendrickson, who is no longer there, they have they have pieces to be able to work it out. They've got guys like Demario Davis, who I really like. Um, they have Marshawn Lattimore, who's going to be fantastic as usual, especially when the competition is at its highest point. Really like what he offers to the table. I think this is a team that's going to complement each other. They're going to be able to play fantastic defense. They're going to be able to be solid. They're going to also not going to turn over the football and be able to have an explosive passing attack. And depending on how this Kamara situation works out, maybe they lean heavily on Winston for eight weeks and then they go, hey, you did a great job. We went five and three in that stretch. Now we have Alan Kamara and we can take care of the football. And another thing that's really been significant, and maybe this is Sean Payton, maybe this is just a, a bug Tom Brady has, but since Brady's been in Tampa, New Orleans has owned him. They've been one of the worst teams in the league whenever they played the Saints, and it's really been interesting to see. And I don't know if that's Sean Payton or that's just the Saints as a whole. This is a team that's going to be able to take care of guys like Atlanta and Carolina. They won't be a problem. They've made big-time moves, and now is their time to make that next step Jameis Winston could have a freaking fantastic year, and I'm so excited for it. Okay, one of my favorite teams to watch, and I think it was yours too, the Philadelphia Eagles. They've made some big-time moves to build around Jalen Hurts. And I made a video about Jalen Hurts and the Eagles last year. I said they knew what they were, and that was dangerous. They ended up making the playoffs. Now, they weren't very successful. They came into a gauntlet that was Tampa Bay. It was a really talent mismatch. It was Philly's first time in the playoffs. It was Jalen Hurts' first time in the playoffs. That Not saying it was Philly's first time in the playoffs, but it was that first group, that experience with Jalen Hurts. They've been there before, and now they have something to be able to look to as, hey, this is the bar that we set. We can do better. We can overachieve in a way. This is Jalen Hurts' year. More or less like Tua, where they've, built, they've put weapons and they've put everything in place for him. It's time for Tua... <laughs> not time for Tua, it's time for Jalen Hurts to make that next step. This is a division that's super weak. They have the Commanders, who I don't believe in. They have Dallas, who's always going to be a wild card. They could either be one of the best teams in the league, or they will go 9-8, and eight, and it will be a complete mystery as to why. And they have the Giants, who I think the Giants are going to be a little bit back and forth in their first year. It is without Joe Judge. They've got new guys in there. 
I like what they're doing. They had really, they had a really great draft, to be honest with you. But I think the Giants are just a couple steps away. I don't know if Daniel Jones is the guy. If he's not as successful or not as healthy, the Giants won't even be a thing to consider in the NFC East. This is Philly's year. They've made big-time moves. They got James Bradbury, who I really like, to pair with Darius Slay, A.J. Brown to be the number one receiver in a blockbuster draft trade. And they added Jordan Davis, who's one of the most athletic defensive linemen, to come out of this draft. So those are your pieces. How do they work? So for Jalen Hurts, you have the running attack that you've established. You've got guys like Miles Sanders, the RPO option. That offense works. Quez Watkins, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown. This is an offense that's built for Jalen Hurts to succeed. And Jalen Hurts is very, very capable of making things work in the NFL. But it's all about taking that next step, being a top 10 quarterback, being potentially on Kyler Murray's level. Can Jalen Hurts be that guy? I think with this new number one receiver, the Eagles are going to be able to do a lot of different things. They can do 50-50 balls with A.J. Brown in the red zone, run fantastic routes with Devontae Smith. They can run the football. They can use Jalen Hurts' legs, too. This is a team that can do a lot of different things now. When you add a threat like A.J. Brown, it gives the defensive coordinator saying, hey, ooh, how do we cover Devontae Smith? Or, ooh, how do I cover A.J. Brown? It makes them overthink things. It makes things – maybe they – go pass heavy and now the Eagles go hey we can run the football more let's run 30 times this game or a team goes hey we're going to try to stop the run they go oh AJ Brown and Devontae Smith I need you to go over the top bring that defense back so we can run the football they can do so many different things and that's dangerous especially when they know what they are they have the confidence they've got it figured out this is the year for Jalen Hurts to make that impact or it's back to the drawing board this is a pressure year for Philadelphia they have to make the playoffs I believe they will Based off of the fact that their division is super, super weak, it's not one of the best ones in the NFL. Even if Dallas is good, Philadelphia could potentially still do what they did last year and earn a wild card spot, especially the fact they're not in the AFC. There's a lot of NFC teams. There are a lot of question marks. I have the Rams, Packers, and the Buccaneers as locks. And then teams like the Saints and the Eagles and the Cowboys can pick up the pace where there are spots available. Maybe Minnesota does something. Maybe you have in the NFC West, you have the 49ers and the Cardinals. What's the deal with Kyler Murray? What is the deal with Jimmy Garoppolo? Is Trey Lance a big disappointment like people think he is? There was a little bit of a rumor there, and I think this is the year to capitalize on certain weak spots in this conference, especially when the AFC is so loaded. Everybody's talking about them. This is a year for teams like the Saints and the Eagles who went and got aggressive this offseason. You have to reward that. You have to go for it. These new coaches, whether it is – the Eagles and what they have there, their culture that they've established, or it's a new start with the Saints, like with Dennis Allen. I think this is te- two teams that can both make it the playoffs. You mark it here. Very excited to see and very excited to watch them. I'm rooting for guys like Jameis Winston. He's a funny dude. He's really done a lot of growing up. And, of course, Jalen Hurts, one of the coolest stories in the NFL, especially coming out of Alabama and then going to Oklahoma. I love this. I love these two teams and what they bring to the table. I'm very confident they both make the playoffs as wild card spots, whether they win their division or if they can just add those extra three spots, five through seven. Very confident about that. So, guys, this was I know it was random, but this is the episode 86 of the Man with the Plan podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed as usual. Uh, Go Celtics. Uh, Got the shirt for sure. I'm ready to go. Game four. You know how it is. I always bring the enthusiasm. I hope you guys enjoyed. I want to shout out my guy, Tyler Hartig, for a rooting for me on the show and coming to me in graduation. I got to get you on the show at some point, my man. Uh, thanks for approaching me at graduation and talking to me. I appreciate it. I uh, appreciate everyone who's tuned into the show. We've had a lot of momentum for the last couple of days, and I really, really love to see it. 
If you want to see more of this content, subscribe wherever you're listening, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Continue to show the show some love and reach out to me with any ideas or questions for the show, and I will definitely get to you on those. My name's Grayson Mann. This is the Man with the Plane podcast, episode 86, why the Saints and the Eagles are playoff bound and what made the NBA playoff special. Okay, guys, thank you as always. Take care and have a great weekend.